Give a Chance Careers podcast and the Celebrating Heritage podcast series. In this series, we are celebrating and highlighting the cultures that make us who we are and that shape the diversity of experiences and voices that give a chance. In this particular episode, we shall be focusing on the Lunar New Year, which can also be referred to as Spring Festival. By way of introduction, I'm Adam Zulliman, and I'm a recruitment specialist here in the Clifford Chance London office. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Leo Lowe, Esther Pian, and Paul Tan. Welcome all, and thank you very much for speaking with me today, and particularly as we are speaking across three time zones. So, good morning, and good afternoon, and good evening. If I could ask you all to briefly introduce yourselves to the listeners and tell us where you're based and what time it is where you are now. So if we start with Esther, if it's all possible. Sure. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Esther, and I'm in the uh, antitrust group, uh, an associate in Washington, D.C., and I'm joining from Northern Virginia. Thank you. And what time is it there, Esther? It is 8.08 a.m. on Monday morning. Uh, and uh, Leo? Thanks, Adam. Yeah, so I'm a trainee in the property litigation group in the London office, um, but I will be qualifying in about two weeks' time um, into the LNDR group in London. Um, and it's it's 1 p.m. right now. 1 p.m. Cool. Paul, over to you. Uh, thanks, Adam, for having me. Um, so I'm a partner in the LNDR practice here in Singapore. It is now 9 p.m. on a Monday evening. Wow, wow, this is amazing. We're speaking to somebody in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. So thank you all so much for taking the time to, to join me. So uh, let's, let's get into the questions. So um, Lunar New Year, tell me about it. What, what, what is it and uh, what year is it? Perhaps, Paul, maybe you can, you can help me out. Yeah, sure. So the Lunar New Year, as its name suggests, is a celebration of the beginning of the lunar calendar, it marks the end of winter and the beginning of spring. Uh, and this year, the Lunar New Year falls on the 12th of February. The celebrations, which uh, typically take place over 15 days, is uh, often associated with the gathering of family at reunion meals, uh, the exchanging of oranges, the giving of red packets, uh, sometimes filled with money, usually to the younger generation. A lot of the festivities and traditions during this period are intended to symbolize good fortune, wealth, prosperity, and family. According to the Chinese horoscope, each year coincides with a particular animal, um, starting with the rat. Uh, there are 12 animals in the zodiac, and according to mythology, they are arranged in the order in which they finished a race that was decreed by the Jade Emperor many, many, many years ago. Uh, this year is the year of the ox, who was uh, second place in the race, uh, it is a zodiac animal that is often associated with qualities uh, such as industry, reliability, and honesty. Wow. Wow. You mentioned the race there. Um, who won the race then, if the ox came second? Do we know? Uh, well, myth has it that, that it was a rat, uh, and only because the rat sat on the head of the ox, <laughs> who was the one plowing away. But the but the rat was a more cunning animal, and that's why it got ahead of the rat, uh, of the ox at the very last minute. I guess what what significance does the Lunar New Year have for you all, uh, in particular? Uh, maybe we could start with Leo. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm originally from Hangzhou, which is in mainland China. Um, but I I left home when I was 15 years old uh, to go to boarding school in the states. 
Um, and after college, I uh, moved to London about four and a half years ago. So I, I actually haven't, um, hadn't celebrated Lunar New Year with my family for a full decade until actually last year when I had the opportunity to go on secondment uh, to the Beijing office and managed to go home. And so I think for people from mainland China in general, it's, it's just a chance to reunite with family. And I think especially for the, I would say around 0.3 or 0.4 billion people who, um, who usually work away from their family, um, which results in this Chunying, which is a migration that's massive in, in scale, usually from coastal cities back to their hometowns um, across the country. So Chinese New Year to me evokes really warm, decade-old memories of, you know, sitting around the table, um, almost always with like two dozen dishes on the table um, and a bubbling hot pot in the middle. And I, you know, I, when I was little, I used to receive uh, red pockets with pretty decent amounts in them. Um, I would also stay up until midnight um, and by watching the New Year's Eve show that's being put on by the national TV station, CCTV. And then at midnight, um, there would be beautiful displays of fireworks and this like quite, I think, distinctively Chinese or at least Asian um, like firecrackers that people set off with deafening sounds that would shake awake the, the entire neighborhood and, you know, leave tiny pieces of red paper to be cleaned up the next day. So, yeah, so I, it, that's kind of what uh, you know, New Year evokes in my memory. Um, what about yourself, Esther? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm of Korean descent, uh, but I myself was born in the United States and has lived here my whole life. That said, we do have a lot of those same traditions that um, are celebrated for Lunar New Year in Korea that's happening in the immigrant community here. Um, typically in Korean culture, Lunar New Year, as Paul mentioned, it is a, a time uh, to celebrate, um, you know, the end perhaps of, of winter, spring, coming into spring, but it's also, um, as, as the name suggests, a new year. And a lot of people take that opportunity to think about um, it being a new year, wearing brand new clothes if they can afford to and, and have it, um, a time to eat a particular dish uh, known as dakuk, um, which has white rice cakes uh, and dumplings and um, it's a soup that kind of is supposed to symbolize uh, this new start, a new beginning on a clean slate, uh, hence the, the color white. Um, and as Leo mentioned, it's a time for family to gather. Um, we had not too many family members here uh, that I had to celebrate, but I certainly did have my immediate family. Um, but in Korea, it, it's also a great migration um, for people to go from the cities, uh, perhaps back to the countryside if, if that's where their hometown is, and um, to have that gathering for uh, about three days and to enjoy that time together. So for me, um, that significance is to have uh, that cultural heritage and tradition be passed down, even if I'm not uh, physically in Korea um, and to learn about that, uh, about my culture, and to be able to celebrate that uh, in a way uh, that we can here. Um, I will say that in the U.S., obviously, New Year's Day is based off the solar calendar, so we celebrated January 1, um, and a lot of the same customary traditions may often be celebrated on that day and that time of year instead of the February date, uh, but we still try to sort of preserve those same traditions nonetheless. Cool, cool. And over to you, Paul. How do you? What's what's significant to you? Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, firecrackers are no longer allowed in Singapore. <laughs> so uh, the 
the central aspect, I think, of most of our celebrations here um, is really the reunion dinner on the eve, usually, of the Lunar New Year, uh, coupled with lots of family visits during the first uh, weekend and then uh, for the two-week period thereafter, um, to the extent that work allows. Um, but for me, um, this has always been quite a special period because uh, we didn't usually get to visit our extended families that often um, in the remainder of the year, uh, particularly uh, the extended family that used to live uh, in Malaysia. I remember as a child, uh, we used to take trips up uh, to Malacca and Penang where, where some of our extended family was. Um, and that was, that was always usually quite uh, special and quite nostalgic um, in, in many ways. Um, also, I suppose as one gets a little bit older, <laughs> you see uh, your grandparents, your relatives get a bit older, you start to appreciate these moments a lot more. I think uh, as a kid, as, as Leo says, a lot of the celebrations is around the festivities, uh, you know, the, the red packets, the food, uh, which is all great and which continues to be <laughs> many, many reasons why we continue to celebrate this. But I think just being able to spend some time uh, with your family is something which gets more and more precious um, every year, uh, particularly so, I think, in this um, this year, um, when many of us uh, are facing challenges in just being in the same uh, physical space as, as our families. Um, the reunion dinners can also be quite elaborate sometimes. Uh, in our family, because we are partly Puranakan or straight-spawn Chinese, uh, there are a few special dishes that uh, only get cooked uh, once a year. So this is the time um, that we get to savour some of these uh, dishes as well. You kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the uh, celebrations, Paul. Perhaps maybe you could talk to us a little bit more about how maybe normal celebrations are um, and how you guys have adapted this year, I mean, uh, or even last year uh, with this sort of... Uh, COVID-19 lockdowns, etc. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I should just clarify that, that the money part, I think, is, is for children, generally. <laughs> so, so it's actually painful when you're, when you're an adult. <laughs> but, um, but sort of returning back to the theme of, of food, um, one of the traditions that we have here in Singapore um, is uh, what we call the lohe, which actually translates into tossing up good fortune. Um, it's a practice or a tradition that actually originated in Malaysia, but has traveled to Singapore and now I think has caught on in, in several other countries. So or, or what this is, is basically um, a salad of many different kinds of vegetables and condiments and sauces, uh, each of which has its own symbolism. Um, again, there'll be symbols of wealth and fortune and health and uh, you know, family and so on and so forth. Uh, but the, the real highlight to this is that everyone is supposed to gather around the table and toss the salad as high as they possibly can while shouting auspicious phrases uh, as loudly as possible. Um, unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 uh, situation, uh, the government has actually said that you can't now shout across the table or at each other because that's not hygienic anymore. Uh, we want to be cautious. So... <laughs> So actually, one of the the biggest, um, uh, I guess, um, you know, impediments to the celebration uh, this year will be that we can't now have that sort of traditional uh, rockers uh, kind of um, shouting anymore. And uh, there are even apps now that that are becoming quite popular where you can actually press a button and, and they do the shouting for you. <laughs> so the, so the human beings don't have to do that. 
but it's um I guess it's just an illustration of how uh we have to adapt to to things that um you know we're not used to uh but the but we find ways to to get around it and we find ways to to still celebrate the essence of of what we used to do mm. and Esther, would you like to add anything to that at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, we are experiencing uh, COVID, you know, restrictions here as well. So it's probably less gathering of larger groups of people. But um, I thankfully was able to still celebrate uh, with my media family um, and, and my husband's. And, and that was really nice to be able to share that meal together. And it's also customary to um, bow down to your elders and wishing them a very happy new year and uh, blessings for the new year. And um, it was very special to be able to do that uh, together. And, um, you know, I, I think not being able to participate in maybe a larger gatherings does take away a little bit of that celebratory feeling. But at the same time, we did um, gather for the meal, uh, be able to do the traditional bow. And also we uh, played a traditional game um, called Ute, uh, where um, we all gather around um, sort of a makeshift board. You play with game pieces and uh, four wooden sticks that you kind of throw up in the air. So it's not food. Um, so we didn't have to worry about hygiene there, but um, still fun nonetheless. Cool. And uh, what about you, Leo? Yeah, um, so it really, you know, in terms of historically, how do I usually celebrate? It really varies from year to year for me since I um, left home in my early teens. But in the last couple of years in London, I, I sometimes, you know, gather a few friends and go to Chinatown for a big all-you-can-eat hot pot dinner. And then sometimes I would just make dumplings from scratch at home. Um, last year, actually, since I was in Beijing, um, I spent it with my family for the first time in a decade. Um, but right before the secondment was unfortunately cut short by the very beginning of COVID in China. Um, but we gathered as a family and I, I helped in the kitchen for the first time, learning a few uh, culinary tricks from my aunts and uncles. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, especially those who are fortunate enough to be able to afford the luxury of traveling, would use kind of the week-long break to travel. I think people get all together eight or nine days. Uh, so last year, I took my mom to, to Iran, actually, for a slightly unusual vacation, and it was lovely. But that's obviously not feasible this year because London has been in a full lockdown um, since, I think, early December. Um, so I'm just hoping to video chat with my family and then make myself something delicious. Wow, wow. I really like how you guys have continued to adapt uh, and not allow this lockdown to prevent, you know, uh, everybody having fun. So the office, uh, let, let, look at uh, how, you know, our different offices have sort of celebrated the new year. And, you know, what what have they done in the past? And, you know, what are they doing this year? Perhaps we could start with Esther. What about in the US? What are, what, what are you guys doing? Sure. Um, so in the U.S., we have our America's Diversity Committee, and part of that committee is a subcommittee, which is the Asian Pacific Islander subcommittee. Um, and that committee um, puts together a, an event uh, each year. Usually it's just um, trying to capture as much of that celebratory spirit as possible, gathering around uh, food. Um, I've heard, I, I, I was not able to participate because uh, it's often held in person in New York, but I've heard maybe even red envelopes were present. So um, I think, it, you know, th th that kind of gathering was uh, nice for those who are able to join. This year, uh, we're doing a virtual gathering um, on a platform that allows for people to come together um, and 
uh, play some virtual games. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we figured out how to eat together virtually yet, um, but if that were possible, I'm sure we would have. Uh, and to really um, enjoy one another's company uh, socially and to invite their families as well to uh, participate virtually. So we're looking forward to that happening um, on Thursday, February 11th, uh, in the late afternoon U.S. time. Wow. Uh, you mentioned red, red envelopes. Paul, didn't you say it was only for children? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, 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 just a, it's just a symbol. So, so, so it depends on how strict you want to be with the rules. But I don't know if you wanted one. <laughs> we, can, we, can arrange, we can arrange that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and Leo, what about here in London? What, what's happening here? Yeah, so I can actually touch on both the London office and Beijing office since I was recently there. So the London office has a China desk and a, a pretty active um, uh, group. And Lan who uh, spearheads most of, most of the programming, I think she's looking to bring all those who did celebrate um, together virtually. Um, and uh, while I didn't attend last year because I was on the continent, but I heard that the London office went all out. Um, I had a massive celebration on the 30th floor um, with food and performances, including a dragon dance, I think. Um, but the Beijing office celebration, which I did attend, was incredibly festive. Uh, there was a, a themed year-end gala where everybody went out and bought or rented period costumes from, like, various Chinese dynasties. And so it was a celebration of you know, all the good work that was done in the past year. There was a lottery with pretty substantial awards. I believe new phones or fancy electronic products and homeware were given out. Um, and then the corporate group, which I was in, then capped it off the evening um, with karaoke in this beautiful karaoke bar in the China World Trade Center where the office um, is. Uh, so, yeah, it was great fun. Wow. Well, wow. sounds really elaborate. Um, cool. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I think uh, Esther and Leo are giving me ideas about what we should do in Singapore. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we, we, usually, we, uh, we usually decorate our office, uh, you know, in, in the traditional sort of reds and oranges. Uh, we have huge orange trees, uh, which symbolize luck again and fortune. I think we, we would usually have a dragon dance as well in the office. And then we would do the tossing um, across the various offices, uh, uh, office groups and with clients and so on. Um, this year, unfortunately, we, we can't do those in-person events. Um, so what the office has done is that um, it has provided food gifts from a Singaporean uh, patisserie, Janice Wong, for, uh, for all of us to share with our loved ones. Um, and we'll be running a, a slideshow, I think, in our reception to just provide some insights into the Chinese zodiac, different signs, what they mean. Um, so, you know, Adam, if you want to know how lucky you'll be this year, you should come to the Singapore office. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. Definitely. Uh, I want to know how lucky. Hopefully very lucky this year. So, okay. Um, so I guess we could probably look at, you know, moving forward, you know, do we have any suggestions as to what the firm uh, could do, perhaps in your own offices or other offices, uh, moving forward for the new year, for Lunar New Year celebration? Paul, could you help us out? Yeah, um, it's a... I think it's a challenging um, year for, for many of us. It has been, and, and it looks like it will continue to be. Um, I, so I wouldn't say that there's anything in particular that the firm has to do, but I think it's just um, us as colleagues and friends um, of those around us kind of recognizing that uh, not every one of us will have 
uh, the ability to be with our families or loved ones in these um, difficult times. Um, so it's really about uh, being aware and sensitive um, to those uh, challenges that, that um, others around us may be facing uh, and to be mindful of that. So although, you know, the Chinese New Year or the Lunar New Year is often a time spent with our own families and with our relatives, um, I suppose if you're close to your colleagues um, or, or staff in, in the office uh, and you know that they can't go home this year, uh, you know, reach out to them uh, in ways um, large or small, um, you know, if you can welcome them home, subject to whatever government regulations apply, um, you know, you can do that. Um, but if not, then I think just um, sort of being aware and, and sensitive to, to the challenges that they are facing uh, will probably be, be good enough. Okay, cool. And any other suggestions, Esther or Leo? I would just add that um, at least here in the States or perhaps in other closer chance uh, offices or cities and countries where Lunar New Year might not be an official holiday, um, it's always great just to ask. Uh, ask colleagues who do seem to participate kind of what are the traditions and, um, and, and how are you celebrating? I think one way that really honors and respects other cultures is to, um, to express genuine curiosity and, and a willingness to learn and celebrate together. And I've always really valued that. Um, so that would probably be uh, my suggestion about how uh, either the firm or, or other colleagues can help those who celebrate New Lunar New Year um, on a regular basis. And, and I'm glad we're able to do that even through this podcast. So thank you. Cool. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our podcast. I must say it was extremely insightful learning more about Lunar New Year. And thank you all very much for sharing your wonderful experiences with our listeners. So you've been listening to the Clifford Chance Celebrating Culture Podcast Lunar New Year episode. Do not forget to subscribe to our channel and stay up to date on future episodes coming soon. To find out more about Clifford Chance, please visit our website at www.cliffordchance.com.